What's good, people? Jason DeBee is here. This is episode 16 of the Option Podcast. You asked and now you receive because me, I got to give the people, give the people what they want. I got Phil Burrow in the house. What's good? I'm just, I hope everyone doesn't get that introduction. No, I, yeah. Wait a minute. Tell the truth. Yeah. <laughs> I do, do. Everybody. Okay. Yeah, man. I was That's almost, the Jason. That's I feel. I feel. Actually, they could do like three different clips. Of I feel it. less special. <laughs> it'll feel like it'll look like a loop. <laughs> I feel less special. I was Everyone feeling. Everyone gets a little different cool. spice, okay. though. Hey, got so, a little different yeah. version. Oh man, what's good, baby? So hey, it's queuing on Miranda. Miranda, where you at? There you are. Hi. There you go. That's my. That is my tech. That is my my co-host with the most. Um, she's also she doesn't know it yet, but she's gonna be hosting. Um, Something we're going to do every Tuesday called Sports Debate with me and Rob McLean. We're just going to ask a, a bunch of fun questions and we're going to be staring at the camera going back and forth. Embrace debate. There we go. All right. Because <laughs> listen, there's nothing more fun than the de- thing to debate on than sports. That is bar none. All, or, all the rest, people don't want to be your fucking friend. <laughs> um, <laughs> and that's all I'm going to say about that. How there was your go. Christmas? My Christmas was great. Really good. Uh, pretty chill. Um you know, my whole family's back in the Carolinas, so um, we were here. Should I look at that? Go ahead. No, 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 no. You look at me. Okay. Just, her the camera turned She's off. Not like uh, doesn't like me. I broke the camera already. Press record. Make sure it says record. All right. If you don't send me the link, Arena's gonna like shoot me. So. Oh, no. All right. <laughs> yeah, I'm working on it right now. All right. Cool. Um. We back. We good. Yeah. Yeah. No, our Christmas was great. We had some people over. Um, pretty chill, just me, Arena, and her mom. Um, we had a good time. It was, you know, low key. I usually through the holidays, I kind of just chill. I don't do too much, you know. Okay. I've, d- I've done the crazy holidays, but I'm, I'm a fan of just taking some time out and just relaxing. Oh, so, there's the shot. Okay, there yep. I am. So Miranda's gonna make sure. Um, what's her name gets the link? I sent it. Actually, to her. if She's you. Good. Oh, you did. Yeah. Good. Nice. You sent it to her. Yeah. Oh, perfect. That way, I don't have to do it. There yeah, that's go. all that counts. Because she came from there. Gone messenger. Yo, there from there, go. the six degrees of separation. Yes, exactly. Exactly. I sent it. Don't hurt me. Yeah. <laughs> so, Christmas, do you? Um, you you're one of those guys that stays in shape all year round, though, right? Yeah, I don't. I mean, for me, like, I'm not a big. I used to not be a big gym person. I used to not be a big go work out. I've always just been in shape. Um, but you know now. I'm dating Arena, and and thanks to you, by the way. Like I met my girlfriend, love of my life, because of this dude here. Um, and you know, you can't help but go to the gym when you're dating her. She's she loves the gym. She lives in the gym, so it's good yeah. for me. I'm in the gym more. Um, so camera person, you would come at me for a second, because I got something I want to see to the camera. Mm-hmm. There are benefits to knowing me. <laughs> this man met a girl who is so jacked. She's got muscles in places. I don't have places, all right? She stays in shape, man. And she's good looking. She, look, she's one of those girls that make you want to go get a job. But like benefits. You know? Yeah, I mean, so good for you, man. No, Chris yeah, Chips, what's good? She's awesome. Chris Chips asks, what's the, what's, um, what's the plan for training for the AVP season? Um... I mean, I say we're in off season, but this last week, Irina and I were doing five days a week, like seven a.m. in a cold. Like we're not taking a day off. So when they do tomorrow, <laughs> with me and Rob. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're we're literally training after this. Um, we've been doing five days a week, just doing ball control touches and just reps, reps, reps. Mm. Um, 
you know, I'm not doing so much jumping right now. Right. It's more just, you know, get those high reps in, um, lifting heavy. Um, you know, I don't really do bulking season, but I guess that's what we're calling it. Yeah. Well, I mean, you, 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 I think you know the good balance between lean uh, mo- mobility, which what's good for, for, for you, if or when you, you, you continue to ascend yeah. in this, the level of competition because you just keep leveling up every year. Yeah. Um, good for you, man. Good for you. You look... I mean, you could take this one way or the other. You just look healthier. You, you, you know, you, you've never looked by any stretch of the imagination bad or whatever. You're yeah. never out of shape. Um, but you look healthier. You look younger. You look happier. You, you know, and, and maybe that's just, like you said, just taking care of your body. But there's also, there's also something. There's a mental state There's of also something between too, the yeah. ears that just makes you whatever, you know? Yeah, yeah, I agree. And I'm in, I, I, I have to attribute it to Arena. Like, you know, she's kind of balanced me out a lot. Um, just I'm eating better, um, I'm happier, I'm more balanced just in all aspects of my life, which, you know, people kind of lose sight of how important balance is in everything. You know, you can't do too much of one thing, you can't do too little of something, you have to, you know, everything has a season, so. Chris Chris Chip said, because you are huge already. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so, and I agree with you, and I'll tell you why, I'm not going to mention names, and I'll tell you later off camera, um, Birthday party, ran into a friend of mine, right? And he looked young, he looked healthy, he looked content, he looked happy. And the last time he looked like that was he had a breakup with someone and like two weeks later, there's almost like this recovery period where you're either worse or better and he was so much better. And that was a couple of years ago. And I was like, cool. So he found a girlfriend and he's still young and he's still happy. (laughs) I'm like, holy shit, good for you. And I was like... And I go to the party and I'm said, you know, it's crazy because last time you looked young and healthy like this, you it's because you broke up with someone bad. But now I guess being with someone made you healthy. And you know what he says? Dude, we broke up. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Ouch. <laughs> and I, I did the Jack Nicholson. I went, don't I feel like the fucking asshole? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was insane. Oh man, so yeah, getting in shape and um, you you're a hybrid, but I think in reality, just based on what I watched and I've actually had the pleasure of working with you with with someone, of course. Um, you are a very 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 highly capable backward defender. Your your movement's good. Your your weight, your weight and go is good. You're you're like a bigger version of some of these guys who are slim, with with the same movement except mm-hmm. you don't you don't have to be like air thin to move on the sand to do it so I, I say keep at that and i really like what i see yeah like 2020 i'm only playing defense like i'm not blocking Good. i blocked a lot on the east coast now mm-hmm. that i live in la yeah. um like i'm only doing defense i'm in the 1440 dev program but well, you are yeah Good. i am yeah. uh and i've partnered up with rob for the program mclean rob uh diorora oh, okay and he's a great technical blocker like you know knows what to take away can see the hit you know does his job really well yeah and um you might be the guy to put him over the top so i've been getting really good reps with him um mm-hmm. in just the defensive position so i'm not running up to block i'm not doing any of that and it's it's been you know four good months of solid reps he's a streaky so, blocker he is he's but he's one of those guys he'll get like eight in a game yeah but he's technically good and that's what i like he doesn't drift a lot he he knows when he did a good job and when he could have done something yeah. better and for me playing defense, it's great because I'm getting really good reps behind someone that knows what they're doing. He right. might not be the biggest block in the world. He might not be the fastest, but 
what I'm getting is solid reps yeah. behind someone that knows what they're doing. Miranda, can you pull up um, top 10 plays Hermosa Beach on YouTube? I mean, you can mute the sound. For this year? Yeah, when you can mute the sound, because for some reason the sound's at 125%, we're at 100 <laughs> so the, um, for the people watching the podcast later, I'm not trying to blow your mind. Um, yeah, and, and it's good to have someone to get constant reps with and this and, uh, for that, you know, yeah. um, that you know is a permanent front row blocker that's actually comfortable with it. He's not yeah. like, I want to switch or anything stupid. Like and he's that. just a fun guy to play with. He is. Like, we have a blast. Like, yeah. win, lose, or draw, you know, we have a good time. He's so. also if the guy if he's the guy you choose to play with this season or at least part of the season, you maybe you, the chemistry of the two you might be the ingredient to put him over the top. If you if you looked at his la- his career the last two years, he's played with Rob McLean and he's knocked on the front door twice. Yeah, you know. No, and, he knocked me out. Yeah, with Rob, they that. played yeah. out of their mind. Yeah, actually, it was one of the game first games I've seen you play, and I thought I didn't think that was a game you played bad either. <laughs> no, I was I was okay with how we played it. They just <laughs> Rob. Both Robs made a few more plays than we did, yeah. and uh, you know they came out on top. Um, it should be that one. The twenty eighteen. Yeah, it's twenty eighteen. Um, so basically, if you scroll, you'll see. Um, I was like, Rob Diorora didn't just get one block. He didn't just get two <laughs> blocks. He didn't just get three blocks. He didn't just get four blocks. He didn't just get five blocks. He didn't just get six blocks. I'm losing my mind. So it was like eight blocks. Is that him blocking me? Awesome. Is that what we're about to watch or what? Maybe. <laughs> Do you remember how far down it was? Um, no, nah, just let it roll. Let it roll. We'll keep, we'll keep talking. Oh, wait. And, when it, and when it comes up. I think we're almost there. Two hats to hold. Oh, oh it was before. It was before. That was the end of that one? Yeah, it was before. So, um, yeah, so I've seen him get close. Like, and we're, t- and we're going to 2018. Yeah. It's Boag and Jacobs and Manhattan Beach yeah. finals. Um, or most of the beach, I think he made either next to last round or last round again. Get into oh, my man, so Rob Diorora. Huh? Right, cool. Nice. All right, should come up. You just muted it. Good job. I just paused it. Oh. Uh, you just you just X'd out of it. <laughs> All right, go ahead. This is a qualifier game. Rob doesn't just get one block. He doesn't just get two blocks. He doesn't just get three blocks. He doesn't just get four blocks. He doesn't just get five blocks. He doesn't just get six blocks. He doesn't just get seven blocks. But Rob Diorora gets eight blocks and keeps the other Rob, his partner, Rob McLean. And he is hot blooded. Look, I gotta get my stuff out there, man. I mean, well, uh, I brought you, it up. I mean, you bring up a video that just like, yeah, you got blocked uh, but, a lot by the, Rob. The, the discipline. Thanks. Thanks. So, Phil, what do you do for a living? I'll see you guys oh, later. Hope <laughs> oh, you can't be enjoying it. I don't know. Just whatever. kidding. No, no, it's, yeah. I think the only crime is only 667 people saw that. I, I gotta get some of these. These videos, I think, not, 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 people, not people watch them house you. Yeah. <laughs> but, um,. Yeah, so he's um, that's a testament to his trick and descent, yeah. and as you can see, the fun edge that he brings, where you uh, it allows you to have serious fun. Yeah, exactly. Like we both, one thing that we keep saying when we play together is like, you do your job and I'll do my job. Mm-hmm. Don't don't try to do what I'm supposed to do, and I won't try to do what you're supposed to do. If you focus on what you're doing and mm-hmm. you give 110 percent at what your role is, let me have trust in what I'm doing back here, and let me do my job. And then you get two guys on the court that are high level doing their jobs. Yep, that's a recipe for success. It is. It is, and I like it. And I like what I see. And I'm glad you're working with um, I believe yeah. it's Pompilo. Yeah. Arturo. Pompilo and Arturo. Yeah. yeah. Pompilo's with us at um, in the summer. 
Nice. Um, our, our um, you know, our juniors club. Yep. It's him, me, um, Rob McLean, um, Jaron, who's the best coach that nobody talks about. Yeah. He's he's amazing. I mean, I didn't really get to know him until I had him and Jeff Alzina. I had him on on a show called One on One or whatever, and what we talked about off camera <laughs> was almost criminal because we didn't have we didn't record, but while we were talking about it, we we, we uh. went about. We had about 38 minutes, but we went an hour and 20. We just didn't, we just got engaged into this conversation and just kept going. Wow. And I'm like, oh, God, why didn't I? Ugh, why didn't I? <laughs> Part of the strategy, Arena. If you can't beat them, join them. She just said what I said. <laughs> um, so, you, are you, um, here's a fan question. Are you, in fact, the one person who has played on all seven continents? I have played volleyball. In all seven continents, that is correct. Nice. As far as I know, and I'm welcome, anyone that's listening can challenge this. If you have played on all seven continents, I would love to hear about it. But as far as I have researched, uh, no one has done it except for myself and my partner, Jeff Gilbert. Jeff Gilbert. Can you um Google search his name? We'll do an image search. I think the first picture that pops up, and you'll see it on his cam- on, the, on his cam- on his on your camera shot behind you, part of the picture. But Miranda's going to get a full shot so everybody can see this and appreciate it. So... Talk to me about the cold. It was cold. Um, yeah, it was really cold. More than the cold, getting to Antarctica is tough. Like, I, I get seasick, and we had to fly uh, down to Ushraya, which is the southernmost city in Argentina. Argentina, They yeah. call it the end of the earth. Um, there's actually another city in Chile that is about to become the f- southernmost city. They've just got enough people that live there now to be populated and, and to be deemed a city. Yeah. So that will now become the southernmost city, but until then it's Ushraya. And you go there and you get on a boat and it's three days across Drake's Passage. And Drake's Passage is one of the is some of the roughest seas in the world. Yeah. Like um and so from the moment I stepped onto the boat, actually two hours before we got on the boat, I was on Dramamine. <laughs> like I was on Dramamine from the moment I was on the boat to the moment Jesus I got off. Christ. And they, I remember one time we're sleeping and I had a bed by the window and you're laying down and there's a blind right behind my head. And as you're sleeping, it's going like, Oh geez. Like the blind is just, it's just, it's wow, rough dude. seas. So the cold is bad, but I mean, you're outfitted, you're in a, they provide you with a jacket so you don't die and they make you, you know, they don't let you get on the boat unless you're prepared. Constantly stay hydrated too, because I know you're under. My understanding yeah. is that you dehydrate just as fast, if not faster, and colder. Yeah, cold than you do. Yeah, in the they actually gave us like water pouches that we would clip onto our shoulder bags so that we could always have like a lot of water with us at all times. Holy yeah. shit! But it was it was cold. It was cold. It was so cold that my camera was freezing to where I would take a picture and you could see the mirror. The mirror goes up and down to expose the sensor. You can yeah. see the bottom of the mirror in the frame in some of the pictures. I had to keep my camera inside my jacket and warm it up and then yeah. take it out and take pictures. It was that cold. Wow. Yeah. Jeez, you just blow your nose, boogers freeze. <laughs> you go you go to pee on the end of the ocean, it's like, oh, don't climb back up my dick hole. Yeah. It, oh, it was it was cold. Shoot, man. It was cold. Yeah. I, I can imagine because listen, I'm from New York and for a while I lived in the upper west side in the winter. Like that blast that comes off the Hudson mm-hmm. makes you feel like you're, you're, you know, you're in Alaska, and that's and that's all ocean and ugh, and drama. Mean I can imagine, you know, because to me, I usually don't get that sick from anything. To me, I get 
I, I get nauseous because I think my ship's gonna crash into a iceberg, <laughs> you know, and I'm gonna drum on me. Like Tom Cruise said, remember, remember I don't know if you saw the movie uh, A Few Good Men. Yeah, oh yeah. Um, when he, um, the guy says, take some drama me, and he's like, what? He says, because, you know, the plane ride gets you sick, or boat ride, boats might get you sick. Uh, plane ride might get you sick. He's like, I'm scared of a uh, plane crash, crashing into a large mountain. That's what makes me <laughs> nauseous. I don't think drama me's gonna hurt, help with that. And he's like, he was like, um, try some oregano. I heard that worked pretty yeah, well. Because that was the, um, if you remember the, the, um, the beginning of the show, he was defending someone that smoked a dime bag of oregano. Yeah. The, the, the very first scene, he's, he's in batting practice. And um, yes. one guy's like, I'm, um, he's like, You're, I'm, I'm, we got to come to a plea deal. And he's like, my client smoked an oregano. He's like, your client thought it was marijuana. <laughs> He's like, my client's a moron. That's not against the law. They're <laughs> still going to charge him. He's like, with what? Possession of a condiment? Yeah. <laughs> you know? So it's one of those things. So so um, what's the last good movie you saw? Ooh. That's a tough one. So, Arena, it's time. Let's <laughs> get his ass out there. Andrew Bryson Tetler, what's up? We saw Frozen too. Oh, I'll okay. probably be the only person ever on the show to be like that it's was a great a good. Movie. It was funny. I liked it. The songs weren't as epic as the first one, but it's kind of hard to you know combat with the first Frozen, where your kids are singing it like crazy and you want to kill yourself. But um, yeah. it was good. I love Olaf. Yeah. I like. I mean, I don't want to ruin the movie. I mean, everyone's probably seen it, but there's a song with Olaf sings about like being older, mm-hmm. and it makes sense. And that was yeah. my favorite song of the whole a lot movie. Of adult, yeah, humor. adult humor for sure. Um, yeah. But my favorite movie of all time, which is not new, is Shawshank Redemption. Yeah, well, yeah. you can't really go wrong with that. No, I, it's, um, I've seen it probably 20 times. It's, and every time I, I think of a favorite movie, someone mentions Shawshank Redemption, and I'm like, yeah. is Goodfellas really my favorite movie? Is Ghost really? As far no. as Gump? No, it's, that was just... Yeah. Let me tell you something. My um, uh, friend of mine, or my, my ex... Um, she watched the entire movie with me and then it got so depressing. Like the, the scene where everyone thought he's going to hang himself cause he had the rope. Mm-hmm. Um, she's like, I can't watch this anymore. And I'm like, you cannot, you cannot, cannot not leave watch. the yeah. room after that. You cannot stop at this point. Yeah. And I said, five minutes. I said, please just watch five more minutes. And after five more minutes, if you don't want to watch it anymore, I'll turn it off. We good. Mm-hmm. And then the five minutes comes and then they look in the room and he's not there. And she's like, what happened? You know, what happened? I'm like, you know and then they try to hold it she goes ah <laughs> and I'm like alright I'm cutting it off sorry no no don't, don't you cut it off <laughs> yeah so um, just great acting great um, cast good 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 writing good direction um, one of Tim Robbins easily Tim, Tim Robbins best work that whole yeah. especially with that look like he knows something that you don't yeah is uh, and uh, combined with the best narrator in the history of film, yeah. uh, Morgan Freeman, you, you you can't go wrong. No. Yeah. You know what movie I did not like that most people loved? What? It was Green Mile. Uh, I waited so long to watch it, like, I mean, years after it came out. Either. And it was like, oh, Green Mile is so amazing, so amazing, amazing. And I watched it and I was pissed. I was like, I hate this movie. It's so bad. I mean, I didn't have the same anticipation as you, as you but I, but I, I have movies like that but mm-hmm. I feel the same way about Green Mile was it bad no it wasn't no bad. I mean, obviously it was a bad movie was... but was it was it groundbreaking was it all this other stuff no yeah. no it wasn't it was a good movie it was a good movie I ain't no great movie ain't, yeah. you know I felt the same way about Casino uh, a, a lot of my friends like Casino and, mm. and um, 
you know, just all the gangsters getting together. And I didn't like that movie very much. I didn't, you know, James Woods, who was like my favorite dirtbag character actor, um, did his part, you know. But but I didn't I didn't love that. I didn't especially love it. So my most recent movie I saw, Mr. Rogers, Beautiful Day. Oh, how was that? Very very good. Yeah, it's everything you thought it was, and and I liked it because this man appeal to every demographics like everybody's like oh people from the ghetto don't understand mr rogers yes they do yeah i'm born and raised on flatbush avenue and i'm telling you we watch mr rogers neighborhood and even after yeah. eddie murphy did mr robinson's uh, that was, neighborhood that was so funny that was so funny yeah i watched the documentary they did on mr robbins and yeah. that was really good yeah um yeah he's um yeah, you're in a New York subway station and all the kids are singing "Beautiful Day" for your neighborhood. That means you yeah. get around. Yeah, <laughs> that means you're 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 you're, you're a citizen of the world. <laughs> and he was just like a genuine person. Like it was nice. It was refreshing to see a documentary done on someone that really just cared about people. Mm-hmm. That didn't turn into like a hashtag Me Too or like a scandal or like you know, it, it, his reputation is not tarnished. You know, he was just like a good person that truly just cared. Yeah, and I think the world needs more people like that that are doing it for the right reasons instead of yeah. a different agenda. I also think the world needs to re-examine himself if you look at someone like that and you see the way he carries his life and the way he lives, the way he, the way, the way he talks to people. Mm-hmm. And anyone who thinks that a man is something in his closet, maybe maybe we need to examine ourselves. If, we're, yeah. if we look at someone like that, it didn't do a damn thing wrong to somebody and be like, oh, wait for it. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I, mean, yeah. I, I guess it's because we as human beings... Um, I, some people like to see heroes fall, or maybe it's just news for someone that you think someone's good to do something bad. And it's it's it's. I've always had a, a bad psychological pet peeve, and this is your podcast. You should be talking more to me, but bear with me. Um, I always get pissed when it's you, not my podcast because my podcast I wouldn't have put a video on of me getting blocked seven times not, in a row. Hey, you know what? Let's run that again. Where, where's the like? <laughs> where's the Phil digs a year or like the yeah. Phil side outs? No, no. Let's put it. Let's bring on Phil and show him get roofed he's seven times. He's trying to heart, hype your partner up. <laughs> yeah. Actually, you know what? I think he's trying your to say let's run partner. that again. No, no, no. But uh, here's the thing. Like, I, I, my problem is you got someone who's been pretty a, a good person, not a great person. They're just trying to be a good person, mm-hmm. and they make one mistake. And everybody shits on them, and they could do 19 things right and one thing wrong, and all think people rem- will remember. Yeah. Uh, in a, it's because it's in our fucked up brain to only remember the one thing. And then you got someone who's been like an absolute d-hole his entire life. He does one thing right. Yeah. And he's celebrated, and it makes me think to myself, what the fuck is wrong with us? <laughs> what is wrong with us as human beings? So that's one of my psychological pet peeves, and the other one is um, people um, judging people for something they did two decades ago i'm I'm just like everyone has a past yeah everybody i don't care who you are i just think anyone that looks at you something you did 10 years ago and say and say to themselves this is who you are now is not being is being disingenuous and 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 never mind unfair that's already whatever but just just close-minded you know what i'm saying think about what you were 10 years ago, 10 years ago, what I was 10 years ago. Jesus Christ, I don't want to be that person. Wow, <laughs> you know, different so, person for sure. Yeah, so I mean, I think people like like Liam Neeson, mm-hmm. actors, since we're shifting to the entertainment thing, we're talking about movies. I also saw Dark Waters. But um, Liam Neeson, um, 
his I think his wife or whatever or someone in his family got murdered and, and by an African American and he admitted that he just wanted to go out there and find the first African American and shoot him. <laughs> and this is in nineteen seventy nine. Jeez. And he's been he's been vilified for that. That's that's forty that's forty years ago. Yeah, that's a pretty powerful person? statement though. Yeah. I mean Hell yeah. Forty years ago. But also like I I couldn't imagine putting myself in his situation. Yeah. Like you you know, I haven't been in that spot so i can't say how i would react you know um we were just uh over the holidays thanksgiving Mm. irene and i did some uh charity work with the homeless foundation and it's really cool they had these homeless people that came up and talked which i've never heard before like we always have just thought what we thought about homeless people and then they were really trying to like raise awareness on that homeless are people and their whole slogan is they are us and they had this guy get up and talk and he was a lawyer and um they moved to LA. He had seven hundred fifty thousand dollars in the bank. They owned a house. You know everything that you know someone that's successful in today's society yeah. would think. And then his wife got sick, and she ended up passing away. And the daughter dropped out of college to help take care of the mom. The son had some issues, and the family just became traumatized because of the loss um, to the point that the son doesn't talk to the dad. Um, the dad lost all of his money trying to you know get the wife better and the daughter you know had a massive traumatic experience and became homeless Mm -hmm. and he is now homeless as well because he feels like he can't be in a house with his daughter on the street and the trauma that they experienced he one thing he said that stuck with me was that you don't think rationally when you're traumatized and there's no he's a lawyer He's obviously critically can think very well and, you know, can make good decisions. He let his bar expire, like his his certificate as a lawyer expire. Right. Probably the dumbest thing you can do as a lawyer. No, because you've got to go through the whole... You've got to to pass the bar again, again, right? Jesus Christ. But it it really opened my eyes to just how judgmental we are as people looking at someone else in their situation and being Mm -hmm. like, well, I would have done something different. Like, how could you be so stupid? Yeah. But... You're not in that situation. Nope. You know, you you haven't lived in their shoes. You haven't done the things they've done. You haven't experienced things that they've experienced. And, you know, tying it all into like traveling around the world and, and, and all that, I think that's the one thing that's opened my eyes the most about traveling is you see faces in places that are just a, a thought. Like right now, if I tell you to think of someone in Asia, like, you might not know anyone in Asia, but when you travel to Asia and you can see someone working a coffee stand or working there and, and you, you connect a person with a face and you have that human experience of, holy shit, this person has dreams and wants and desires and has lived an entire life in a completely different region outside of my little circle. It opens your eyes and, and your mind to thinking, maybe I shouldn't be so judgmental about what I think they should have done or how I would have done it differently because I haven't lived like that, you know? So like going back to Liam Neeson, like what he said, do I agree with it? No, it's pretty, he he doesn't even, I mean, he he doesn't doesn't agree agree with it. But in that moment, in that moment when (laughs) he said that, what was going through his mind? What was going Mm -hmm. through his body? What emotions was he experiencing? We don't know what that was, you know? Um, I'm guessing. Exactly. But I don't know. But people hold that to him to this day. You know, because of one choice he made in a certain situation. Right. You know. Um, it's very, very unique perspective because 
it's so so true and i guess the longer you be on this earth the more you are we are responsible as human beings to at least understand that yeah to understand people like that because we have people that are older and us that are still like oh that's a homeless piece of shit you know what i'm saying and and older people and old school people y'all should know shame on them <laughs> shame yeah. shame on you you know shame on you you should you should freaking know better you know mm-hmm. i'm like you, you know, I got to travel around in the military or whatever and this and that, but I think my luck shifted when I was part of, um, I grew up like, my parents are like conservative, like hardcore Christians. So I was, mine. I was anti-gay, I was anti-this. I remember your, I met yeah. your parents in my, um, my, Yeah, you met my parents in Kenny. New York. In Kenny. New York. Oh, Kenny. <laughs> Kenny shout out, shout out to, to Kenny. Kenny. Kenny, we're going to get to you in a minute. Um, so, um, Oh, when he met my mom. Yeah, um, was, we're going to get to him in oh, a minute. but. Gosh. But it changed for me when the church I was going to, like, I didn't want to go to the church anymore because I was kind of set up as an outsider. My mom said, you can sing. And I, I do have a voice, you know, performance or whatever. And I was set up as an outsider looking in. So every time we went to choir practice, everyone did. They had one big click except me. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, I don't want to fucking do this. So the first chance I got, they asked the, the men if they were wanted to be part of something called the prison ministries. Meaning five o'clock in the morning, six o'clock, we all suit up. We go to Rikers Island. You know, we go to Brooklyn House of Detention. And we go there and, and we just just randomly talk to people. Just oh, sit, cool. sit and whatever. If they want to talk about God, talk about God. If they want to talk about sports, talk about sports. If they want you know, at some point if they they're looking for someone, you if you could take the opportunity and say, Hey, there's a way out. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. This this and that. So I was sixteen years old when I was doing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, with my father, my old school, oh, stepfather, old school brother, um, Humphrey Bogart type hairstyle. I mean, th- just think of a black and white film actor. He's at Gary Cooper. That's who. That's <laughs> after a while, they all start to look alike. It looks like him. So yeah, you start to see why people are in jail. You know, uh, this dude, he fucked up. This dude, you know, this one stabbed his father so he could stop beating up his mom. And you, you know, and there's some people who do bad shit and they need a timeout. And then there's some people who they're just a victim victim of circumstance they would not they have no t- some of these guys have no predisposition of committing mm-hmm. these crimes yeah and, and I'm, get, I'm I'm bringing it back to the homeless thing in a minute of uh, no predisposition of being in this position except for um, an inciting incident that puts it in the play that's not inspired that's not self-inspired yeah and and I synonymize which is not a word with with the homeless because there are things that um, Homelessness happened to them. It did. They didn't. Some of them, they happened, didn't send. But in many cases, it happened to them. Yeah. I was homeless, four months. Wasn't no. graduating high school on time. My mom kicked me out of the house. Scariest fucking time of my life. I'm. It's winter and I'm sleeping on the train. All right. I'm working at McDonald's nights to two, three in the morning, and I'm stashing wads of cash in my pocket so I could save up and fucking like find a place to to rent or whatever, or stay at a hotel, fall asleep, wake up. Pockets are cut by a razor blade. All my cash is gone. Someone's, you know, because that's how they, uh, I guess that's how other homeless people rip, rip you off. They, while you're sleeping, they razor blade your jeans or whatever, and they cut your pocket and just slide everything out. Jeez. So, scary time in my life. I know how it feels. And I know people looked at me with judgment or whatever. You know, I know I didn't smell well. You know, I mean, um, so um everybody's like, oh, you, you, you can't appreciate. And I said, I can. I can appreciate a little bit. You know, I'm not homeless for life and it's not a residual effect and it wasn't a mental illness thing which we can definitely explore yeah uh, um in some way to regret but um i'm with you i'm i guess that's my long way of saying i co-sign <laughs> <laughs> you know 
Yeah. So, what do you do for a living? And what are your plans going forward professionally? Some girl named Arena. Some girl Arena wants to know. Uh, Arena, I have a girlfriend, so stop hitting on me, first of all. <laughs> she'll, she'll beat you up. No, she'll cut your throat. <laughs> she'll punch you in the face. Look out. <laughs> oh, man. Um, so I'm, I'm a photographer. Uh, it's what I do. It's what I was born to do. Um, I've done a lot of different stuff in my life. I've uh, used to own a construction company. Uh, I've done air conditioning. I've built seven homes, a couple churches, tanning salons. I've been around the block a few times. Um, when I found photography, though, it was like the light bulb moment came on, and it was like, you know, this is what I was born to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the last two years, traveling around the world, playing volleyball, taking pictures, um, really kind of shifted where I wanted to go with my career. Um, I want to move all of my work in photography into nonprofit work. So the more I've researched that, the more it's been difficult because there's a lot of corrupt nonprofits out there. Um, and how it's just, you know, companies get, get the idea they can be nonprofit, give a little bit of money away and then get a lot of tax breaks. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, what I want to do is find a company that actually is doing something good um, that I can take my skill as a photographer, cinematographer, and benefit the company that raises money, that raises awareness, that, you know, solves a problem. Right. More or less. Um, but, yeah, you know, I guess. Awesome job, dude. Well, it's not a job yet because I'm jobless, so. <laughs> You'd be surprised what's a career that you don't make a lot of money, all right? Yeah. Like, we could no look no further than volleyball. Like yeah. some of the people, their their earnings on these small tournaments and big tournaments, it's like, oh, dude, why do you call yourself a professional? You're professional, and it's not. And I'm like, listen, first of all, professional means you get paid to 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 you get opportunities to make money to do what you do. Just because yeah. their job sucks doesn't mean they're not a professional. Just because the salary sucks does not disqualify from someone from yeah. being a professional. So, but, but volleyball. As yeah. well, like, I mean, what do you think about the sport of volleyball in a way of, like, volleyball for me is a way of life. Like, when I found volleyball, like, I played basketball my whole life. And I played semi-professional in Carolinas, tried out for a pro team in North Carolina. Um, and when I felt like I was playing basketball, like, that was, like, a job yeah. in the sense. Like, it was, I would go to the gym, I would work out, I would go to practice, and then I had my other life outside of that. Mm. I didn't really hang out with basketball players. I didn't have too many basketball friends. You know, it was just, I I played ball with them. But volleyball is like totally different. When I found volleyball in Miami, it was a community, a a family, like a sense of um, you belonged there. You know, people knew your name. They wanted to play with you. They were excited to see you. How was your week? What are you doing? You know, what'd you do for Christmas? Holidays? Are you busy? You know, it was just, there was more involvement in this sport than any other sport I've ever played. Yeah. Um, it's a, it's a way of life, you know? So w- to call yourself a professional volleyball player is an honor, you know, because you, you put yourself at a high enough level to where you compete against the best, you know, whether you're East coast, West coast, wherever you are, if you're playing, you know, in a semi pro pro tournament where you have a chance to make money, um, that's an honor. Isn't it amazing you that know? your use of language is, is, um, comparable to how anybody in any volleyball community would use to describe it. Yeah, I, I, I really feel way, that way. It's a way of life. It is. It's a way of life. I have um, a video, promotional video for Endless Summer called Volleyball's Life. Mm-hmm. 
And mind you, these are just, these are the teenagers who are literally still growing figure two or whatever. We're talking about a demographic of working people who are from the file clerk to the physician, from the bike messenger to the attorney. Uh, um, volleyball's life. Yeah, look at John Stossel yeah. in New York. Yeah. That man, hey, that man's really solely re mostly responsible for two courts being there. Yeah, he have, is responsible for two yeah. courts. When I played in New York, when I first started playing, there was yeah, one court. There was one. Yeah. One court. And it yeah. was drama. But it was him, and it got to, he got together with three other people. They, yeah. I mean, he's the one that led the charge of the fundraising yeah. and this and that. And, no, I put money up yeah. for that second court. You did? But yeah, we put our, you know, as much as we could afford in that like, raising. We raised, like, close to 110 grand. Yeah. It was crazy. Yeah. yeah. Turned, took the one, built two. Yeah. And it's, um, talk about utopia, volleyball, our volleyball community. Um, I guess Mark Mark Fisher told me a lot about Florida. Mm -hmm. and, uh, um, a lot of the people that travel back, Fabian, of, um, yep. um, Ryan used to go down there a lot. Um, yeah, it's very very similar way of life, and out here it's the same thing. Except there, uh, I'd say California is a little bit more wound tight. <laughs> yeah, you know, I think the people who are the most loose are the ones that do it casually, or the ones who are already like top five. <laughs> like everybody else in between yeah. is still trying to still trying to find their way. Well, we were talking about the other day with a friend of mine that what makes East Coast different than West Coast as far as the volleyball community mm. is concerned. And what we came up with is that in anywhere in the East Coast, you have a shortage of nets and you have a shortage of places to play. So Shortage of months to play. Months as well. I mean, outside of Miami, we play year-round. Oh, but Miami, sorry. in L.A., you have no shortage of volleyball nets. Like, you look up any beach in East and West Coast, there's nets galore, like, hundreds as far as you can see no lines no antennas but there's nets on the east coast you don't have that you have certain pockets of places that have nets and then it brings people together which forces like a family dynamic because you can't get pissed at the person you're playing against because you're going to see them next week and if you want to keep everyone happy and cordial in a family setting you, mm -hmm. you got to get along so you're forced to deal with issues that here if you get pissed off at someone well, dude, give them the finger and go two courts over and bring your own lines. You don't have to deal with it. Agreed. You know what I mean? So there's not a sense of community here because there's no one place that makes everyone come together. No. You know? And this does. I mean, you think about and I can only speak to, to my only community. I could speak for many, but um, marriages, uh, business partners, roommates, college recruiting <laughs> you know all of it like my i i lived in a house in brooklyn we had five people sharing 14 rooms and four of the five people were volleyball people in whom i've met in central park um patrick Dietz, he's a color commentator for the cuny finals or whatever um i recruited him to, to he's my he was my number one recruit to build city tech mm. uh, he was offensive ncaa offensive player of the year <laughs> or neck -wap. so pretty cool man right you know Bamesa, Bamesa. um Sorry, Bameso, who I played um, a volleyball with. They won nationals twice in 2004, 2005. I met them because Ulysses, the program director, was my college rival. But I don't, I don't talk to that guy unless he comes to Central Park. You know, yeah. Central Park Sundays before John Stossel was hard top Dominican. Just yeah. insane. Uh, once every two Sundays, just fours. And just yeah. like guys from Santo Domingo, this dude's in here from Italy for the summer. Who was uh, that guy that was like that? Massive outside hitter, Fuck. Um, super tall guy? flamboyant, 
black oh, guy. Ren. Ren, yes. Ren Osborne. Ren, Ren is the man. He came dude. to South Beach and tried to play beats and sucked. Of course Like, he, he was so bad. Of course he did. But hardcore, the elements. Hardcore, yeah. man, he was nasty. Yeah. And yeah. even Central Park Beach, he does well enough. There's, there's yeah. no sun, there's no wind, there's the elements he has to battle. Yeah. You know, getting to know new partners and this and that. Ren, let me tell you something. Ren, when he gets on the beach, he makes sure he's in, he enlists someone that's got their shit together. <laughs> We're like the hard top. He didn't, yo. He, he could have had some short, some short little queen. Yeah. Just, just bump set or, or carry the ball, double hit the hell out, or just throw it up in front of him. The dude is nasty. Yeah. Man was my rival for two decades, and later just finishes friends. And um, New York, New York Urban has like this purse money for finishing first. And I remember one time, all of my people were away. This guy's nationals. This person had high school championships, and I enlisted. Four people. And that only made five. We had to play the semis and finals. Five against six. No out. Just a team full of outside hitters and I'm a setter. So I got Ren. Mm-hmm. Uh, this guy named Zacharias. Zach. Um, Eater, who's in the army right now. My boy Eater. Um, he was my number one uh, recruit for City Tech as well. And um, we won five against six because of the ball control. Because if you have two outsides and a setter, that means you take care of first hit. That means you could you could side out. You could figure out how to side out all the time until you until you figure out people. And that was Ren. And that was how I, I was glad. That's how I finished with him. We started. Yeah. Hey, you want to? You want to? You know? Come on. Anyone who knows, you want to start oh, yeah, with yeah, a yeah. steak knife. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, but finish nice. That's no, cool. Ren was a competitor for sure. So uh, Jeremy Carlin asked, um, "What's the your the favorite photo you've taken? Favorite photo you've seen? Favorite photo I've seen or favorite photo I've taken? That's, That's two questions. Two questions. Um." That's a tough one, man. I've taken thousands of photos. Mm. Um, What's the first one that came to your mind? First one that came to mind was uh, New Zealand in Milford Sound. Wow. Um, my second trip there, um, I rented a car after my buddy left, and I took three days and drove down to Milford Sound. And if you're familiar with New Zealand, they have the North and South Island. And, I mean, it's one of the most beautiful places in the world outside of Antarctica. And it's so large that and there's so much to see that you can't, unless you have a month there, you have to be strategic on where you go because the time frame it takes to get somewhere. So you fly into Queenstown, yeah. and if you go north in the South Island, like you've got, um, you know, massive, uh, my brain just went out the window. Jeez. Um, brain just ejected. But you just answered the question. So, I mean, come on. <laughs> okay, so literally the second time I went to New Zealand, I went south in the South Island because you can't go to both. If you go north, you're not going to make it south because to get to Milford Sound, it's a four-hour drive one way to Got get it. to Milford Sound. Right. And I'd always heard, you know, that Milford Sound, the drive there was beautiful. And, you know, when I'm a photographer, when people say that, you think, okay, whatever, I've seen pretty places. I almost wrecked the car several times. Jeez. Like, you're literally driving through and you're at the base of what you think is the bottom of these mountains. And you drive through, and there's waterfalls to your right, waterfalls to the left, waterfalls everywhere. And then the climate starts to change. Milford Sound has its own unique weather pattern and ecosystem and jungle-type atmosphere, right? So you're driving through, and then you reach this tunnel. And there's a massive waterfall to your right, and you're just sitting there looking at it being like, oh, my gosh. And you go down the tunnel, and you literally hit the tunnel, and it's like, like super straight down for a mile. You go down, and then you get out of the tunnel, and now you're at the top of a whole other mountain base mm. with waterfalls, literally thousands of waterfalls, and you're driving through the valley of this to get to the bottom of Milford Sound. And I got there, no cell phone, 
doesn't work at all. Like not even pay ten dollars for a minute cell phone. Like it does not work. No, just, there's uh, one hotel. Verizon can go kick rocks. Yes, yeah. there's one hotel that has like satellite Wi-Fi for a stupid amount of money, and you're just forced to. You got them. They got you by the balls. Yeah, you're just forced to not be in touch with anyone. And it was one of those magical times in my life. I was going through some times where I needed to make some decisions about what direction I was going to go, what I was going to do. And when you actually get a minute to be alone Mm -hmm. and not have your phone on, not think about email, not think about work, not think about relationship, not think about money, just you're in nature. It was just one of the most magical times in my life because I'm sitting there at the base of Milford Sound and I saw I saw this beautiful mountain range um, and I'm sitting there with my camera freezing my butt off taking pictures and I was so happy. Like there's nowhere else I would rather been in that moment. You know? It's liberating. Yeah. It's liberating. Yeah. yeah. That's just something that um, as far as like best things in life being free or what's worth its weight in gold those are those are things where you're like that's as close to I'm as close to God <laughs> as, as you're gonna get. Yeah. You know? That's cool, man. So that how's that that answer your question, Mr. Jer- Jeremy Carlin? What's up, Justin Phipps? What's up, Garrett Westberg? Bill Phipps. Kalinsky, Kalinsky, Kelly Campbell. Oh, I wonder who she she could be. <laughs> yeah. Kelly. Yeah, that's another girl stalking me too. I'm gonna tell her stop before. Yeah, look out. Yeah. Look out. Yeah, my girl a drop kicker. Yeah. Yeah. Picture what a drop kick looks like. You round in a corner and like one of those wrestling ones they just run and <laughs> that's it drop kick whoosh yeah. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna do a wardrobe change it's got hot in here yeah, yeah. So well, I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna step we'll off keep, camera we'll keep, the, we'll keep the camera on me and um, Miranda for the moment there's something about for the people listening there's something about this this room it's cold as hell until you start the podcast and then we turn the lights and that and all the electronic equipment it's full sauna this is my this is my podcast shirt shirt. this is my podcast shirt oh my gosh i bought this in thailand it's one of my favorite shirts (laughs) i love the minions what's um what are the more interesting people you've met traveling um Mm. all seven, seven continents let's start with um just someone who let's start with the easy one. I'll be lazy, like a celebrity. Oh man, a lot of them. Yeah. So I mean, I I've met celebrities, I guess, but like I don't. I'm bad about like celebrities and names and people yeah. and and whatever. You know, yeah. I met Steve Nash. Okay. So I guess I guess he's a celebrity. I mean, I've met a lot of celebrities, but. You know, I've met a lot of sports figures, you know, LeBron, Dwayne Wayne, um, you know. Yeah. They're just people. They are. You know, at the end of the day, I think that's the one thing that I've, I've just met so many people that they're just people. Like, I've met a lot of famous photographers and worked yeah. with a lot of them. And My favorite was uh, the, the late Richard Avedon. Yeah. He was, um, I worked in a cardiology practice for 17 years and he was our patient. Really? Um, and as, as far as 95 years old. Didn't have a walker, just walk like, just look like a white-haired dude that was in shape. And wow. Was, you know, he's one of those people that filmed like the most beautiful woman in the world. You know? Yeah. Um, and like you said, just that's something I learned about working at his office because he was a doctor of the stars. Mm-hmm. They're just people. You, sometimes you don't want a picture, you don't want an autograph. It's just sometimes if you respect someone, just say, "Hey, can I shake your hand?" Boom. And that's how that's my I guess my Brooklyn virtue is, does that say what's up and then break. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're right. They're just. Um, and the reason why I'm glad I have you on this show is there's only a handful of people, in the, and this is embarrassing to say, there's only a handful of people you're going to meet in your life that 
talks to the billionaire the same way they talk to the homeless person. Yeah. You know, you would think that that's just a normal way to behave, but I think you would be surprised at how few of those people roaming the planet are. And I'm not talking uh, for someone like someone who just grew up in a bubble and stayed there. You mm-hmm. know, I'm, I'm, and I'm not. I'm I'm just as traveled as anybody. You and me, there's levels to this. You're you're more, but just military service alone, just the three years. You know, I've been I've done I've traveled more in three years than most people travel their entire lives. Yeah. You know, and Kelly won't allow me to stay in one zip code anyway. We were in um, you know, we were in Peru, we were in Lima, we were in Tuscany, Italy. You know, um, um, um we get around. Yeah. <laughs> we get around. So that's why. Where's I'm, the favorite place you've been? Oh my God. Um. Ah, New York. <laughs> oh. I guess because like you had to say that. I guess because like, I'm, I'm the, I, I miss it deeply because yeah. of the that those handful of people I was talking about are all seem to be consolidated in, into a few zip codes on the East Coast. Yeah. You know, no, okay, let's be real. Sardinia, Italy. Okay, um, not favorite, just first one that came to my mind. Yeah, um, I'll be a prisoner of the moment. Um, I was in a military operation with the U.S. Army, um, a, a joint operation with the Italian Army. It's kind of hush-hush. Uh, I could talk about now a little bit. But um, when the mission was over, we, we finished way early. We had eight days to do nothing. So Sardinia, wow. just these white sand beaches, you know, and that's where the military base was. But there was a big civilian population on the other end. And, and we got to spend our last eight days on the beach. This, nice. is, um, this is a long time ago. This is pre-Olympics. Uh, 1992, which was in Barcelona. Um, Barcelona is an interesting place I've been because I was there for the Olympics. I was there to watch the USA play Japan first nice. first, first match, uh, which is a great match to remember because Brian Abbey got hurt wiping the floor. Ooh. Hurt his knee, just fell down. And then Bob Samuelson, this guy with no eyebrows, you know, no hair or whatever, um, came in for him and got a yellow card game four and then got a second yellow card on match point. Which should have given Japan the victory. Yeah. But the referees thought the yellow cards were different sets. The USA came back and won. And then the day later, the committee voted 18-0 and gave the, the victory back to Japan. Oh. So the next match, guess what? The entire team shaves their head. Oh, that's cool. And I'm like, wow, cool. You know, I'm looking on camera. Oh, shit. Jeff Stark got a haircut. Oh, wow. So cool. Bob Stavrently got a haircut. And then they had to show the, show the, the, you know, the team the whole shot. The yeah, yeah. the action shot. Him. The whole damn team's bald, you know? So... So it was um cool. so um Sardinia, Italy, Barcelona, Spain. Um, still the most polarizing place for me uh, is the Upper West Side, in New York. Mm-hmm. It's just near the park. It's this one or two zip codes: one double two three, one double two four. The, if you're looking for a good movie theater, it's right there. Bucket recliners. If you're looking for a good steakhouse, um, just to stuff yourself, Carmine's is right there. Just just get fat off of average Italian food. You're looking for a place that's really good for a price. It's right there, Rockefeller Center. You're looking for uh, a, just a, a breath of fresh air. Just take a walk somewhere in the park. Central Park's right there. Yeah. Looking for a, a park by the water. Hudson Park's right there. So I lived in this this on 87 West End. Good karaoke place. Scottish pub around the corner. Uh, good burger joint. Five napkin. It was the, just this place where I didn't have to leave my zip code unless it was for a damn good reason. Nice. So Jeremy Carlin said, you um, answered the first one, but where was the photo that inspired you to pick up the camera himself? Sorry, I'll just read it the way it is. No was there a photo that inspired him to pick up the camera himself? So my inspiration while I got in photography is Annie Leibovitz. Um, and I was actually fortunate enough to work with her. Um, I have a picture with her. She signed a book for me. 
Um, I worked with her for American Vogue and, um, just, I've taken her master class. Like she's just amazing. I think, you know, the work she did with Rolling Stone and the beginning of her career and just to be there and, and understand that, you know, as a photographer, your role is to just capture life and you can take the same photo 20 different ways. There's the super technical side to photography, but especially now with everyone's got an iPhone and and the phones and the cameras do so much for you, you don't really have Excellent to improvement. You don't really have to know the technical side of a lot of it um, to be able to take a good photo. It's just about seeing it and how you see it is different than how other people see it. And some people are good at it, some people aren't. You know, yeah. um, but for me, just the photos that she took and and how she was able to be in situations and have other people be comfortable with her there. Cause every time you get your photo taken, we do this stupid photo face. Like, and even I do it when someone takes my picture, I'm like, Hey, here's my photo. Hold face. On, my cameraman? Yeah. Take my picture, you know? <laughs> and you know, she inspired me to, you know, to be a photographer in a way that people can trust you and, and relax, you know? And it, it takes a lot of trust to have your photo taken by someone, especially the way she was taking photographs, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I'd say Annie Lieber, it's not like a, c- a certain photo, but just her whole style and her whole career has been an inspiration. Thank um, God for college for me. I took a class called Contemporary Images of Women. Yeah. And the entire class, you're talking four months of just Ann Leibovitz inspired stuff. Yeah. I feel like I know the woman. I mean, I think out of all the celebrities I met, I, God, I, how did I miss that one? Yeah. You know, she didn't, she didn't come to Dr. Rosenfeld for an appointment. You know? Yeah. Well, all of all of all of those ones are dead already. Lauren Bacall, I met um, mm-hmm. Walter Matthau, you know, whatever Anthony Quinn. So, but um, yeah, and and Leibowitz, oof, yeah. that's a good one, dude. That yeah. is a, dude, that is a good one. Hmm, Arena, who's talking? You said someone said that you were a model, or are a model. <laughs> uh, I yes, I, I model. I have modeled. Um, I started when I was. That's actually how I got into volleyball, actually. Um, I started modeling in the Carolinas. Um, okay. I won, you know, you've been driving, you hear on the radio, Hey, we're looking for models. Come by the hotel and sure. whatever. So I went to one of those and I walk in and they're like, it's 700 bucks. You can pay us and be in this competition. I was like, see you later. You're, you just told this nine year old girl, she'd be amazing at it. Like, why would you not tell everyone that walks in? You'd be good at it. You're getting $700. So I left and then. Two weeks later, they called me and said, we'll pay the 500 of it. If you pay 200, come and compete. So I was like, all right, you're putting some skin in the game. You, I don't think you're doing that for everyone. I'll show up. Um, I ended up winning the whole thing. It was called Modeling in the Carolinas. And that took me to New York. And I, I competed in IMTA, which is actually where Aston Kutcher got discovered. Yeah. Yep. And I won. Oh, God, I can't believe I'm going to say this online because people are going to look it up. Mr. Barbazon of the Year. Miranda. So if you want to see a photo that looks nothing like me. Not on your phone. Yeah. We're pulling it up. If you want to see a photo that looks nothing like me. Yeah. I was Mr. Barbazon of the year. I have no idea what year because it was a long time ago. Um, I was that's, like 18. That's so cool. I got another volleyball buddy that, that wasn't that wasn't as a model. Yeah. Bobby Jones did it for a little bit. Yeah. I know Bobby Jones. Like I went to Lenny Kravitz, yeah. didn't he? So, you know Fisher too? You know yeah. Fish? Oh, yeah. I yeah. shot Fisher a lot. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Fisher's my boy. Um. So I went to I went to that competition and I actually got scouted by an agency in Italy, Major Models Italy, and I got signed with them and left like two weeks later for Italy. Mm-hmm. I spent two months in Milan 
and um, worked well there. And then some things happened where my booker thought that he could hit on me and tried to trick me into doing some stuff that I wasn't cool with. And I was like, all right, I'm out. I literally booked the flight the next day. Yeah, got honey dicked. Yeah. Like literally he was like, oh, come over. We're having a party uh, with all the guys at the agency at my place. And I was like, sweet. So I show up and it's me and him with candles and salad and wine. Was it Barry White? It was very, uh, (laughs) to the point where he was like, you know, he was like, have you ever tried this? And I was like, no. And he was like, well, just try it. You might like it. I was like, no, no, I'm not into that. No, I'm not going with that. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh. Someone could tell me shit tastes like steak, but sometimes, you you know, you ain't. Yeah. 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 So I. I'm not, let someone else do that. I literally booked a flight the next day and left. Um, and then, so I came back to New York. Um, I ended up signing with Elite in Miami. And when I got to Miami, my agency was like, we need a captain for our models volleyball tournament. And I was like, the hell is models volleyball? Like I've never, I was homeschooled my whole life. So I didn't play. How old were you then? Um, I'm just trying to get a timeline to see if like Jason Oliver might've been at the scene of the crime. Two. All right. I was 22. All right. Um, Moved to Miami. And then they were like, we need a captain. Never played a tournament. Never never touched volleyball. Like, not even, like, backyard pickup. Because I was homeschooled. I played basketball. I had yeah. a court in my backyard. I'd never played volleyball. Literally never touched That's volleyball. Him. Yeah. And then I was like, I'm an athlete. I used to own a company. I can organize people. I'll do it. I got hooked, bro. Like, yeah. that, so that year, it was the winter. I was 22. That summer, I went back to New York for the season. Because everyone goes to Miami for the winter and then goes back for the summer. I played 40 hours a week in Central Park against Sadu, Mike Salek, yeah. and all those That's guys. That's a boom period, yeah. by the way. Yeah. That's a boom period, a great volleyball uh, player. Sadu six-packed me in the face when I was blocking and knocked me on my ass. Shit. And you Wait, know the, that you, was you? Yeah. You know the rule in... You know I the, was there. Yeah. That was you. <laughs> so you know the rule in Central Park where if you lose, you, you don't get double digits. I would show up with a six-pack. I would show up with a six-pack because I was bad. Yeah. I could hit every ball out two feet. I was really good at that. And I would, they would beat me. I give them a beer. We play again, mm-hmm. and I just, I got better playing against good guys, getting my ass kicked. But that's and so what would happen is I would bring all my stuff for modeling and put it in my backpack, play volleyball in Central Park, get a casting. I go to Starbucks and take a homeless shower in the bathroom there you go. Little and bird, like little bird bath. Yeah, yeah, wash myself in the sink and then go to my casting. That's it. Yeah. Okay. That's awesome. Yeah. God, made me reminisce though. Yeah, but I never played volleyball before model volleyball nice jeremy carlin says not a question but i just wanted to say that i loved your photos of pupils oh thank you um is that him turn around for a second is that you that is me oh god shit oh, now we putting up. it up come so on that is me in new york yeah we putting them up yeah that's me there look go. at that damn boy Miranda. <laughs> <laughs> Miranda. Settle down. <laughs> it's a great yeah. photo. <laughs> that's, dude, that's fucking real. That's me in New York, yeah. Yeah. I've done modeling for a year for a company called Delta Enterprises, but it was just clothing. Like uh, um, like paintball, military paintball shit. So oh. like urban camo and all that shit. And they're like, wait, he used to be in the army. Like, He'll look good in that stuff. So I did some, not serious shit like yeah. that, but just like fun modeling, just being in the middle of Washington Square Park and everybody looking at me like I was special. So it was a, it was a cool king for a day or king for a week thing going well, on. I have a funny uh, story about my first job I ever booked in New York. Yeah, please. It was for Maxim Magazine. Okay. And you know, I'm this new model in New York. I got a badass agency. Looking like that. I'm just like, yeah, I got this gig. 
And my agent said, hey, this is just like a day rate. It's nothing crazy. I don't even think you're going to see your face. I was like, whatever, man. I'm in. They literally took pictures of me in different outfits. And then they replaced my head with like stuffed no. animal heads or whatever. So they dressed me. So they used my body. Yeah. And I'm in this. Hi, my name's Teddy. <laughs> exactly. Like <laughs> it was a whole spread. I was like, and I was so excited. I was like, yeah, I got this job in Maxim, da, 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 da. And you can see, I can tell it was my hand, and I can tell it was me because I remember the clothes I was wearing, but yeah. I was so pumped. Got recognizable knees. And then when it came out, I was like, oh, yeah. F, That's an FML moment. Yeah, you never know what you're going to do in this career. Oh, like, my God. I did, a, I, I did a commercial for Bud Light, and I, I can, I, I'm a white boy, for one, so yeah. I danced like a white boy, like straight, like bad. Like, one arm goes, if you've seen my Instagram, yeah. you see me dancing, it's bad, it's not yes. good. And... I did a Bud Light commercial and I had one scene where I was dancing in the commercial and when it came time to shoot my scene, mm-hmm. you got everyone there, you got all the principals and the, the actors and the extras are behind you and they're like, all right, Phil, it's your turn to dance and they they have three girls standing there and they tell everyone to freeze and they take the girls and they bring a stand and put a tennis ball right where the girl's standing mm-hmm. and then they tell the girl to go sit down. And they take the next girl, and they, so they replace the people with these stands and tennis balls. And I'm like, what the hell are they doing? And then they're like, all right, Phil, it's your turn to dance. I'm like, what do you want me to do? And they're like, dance with the stand. So in the commercial, uh. in the final product, they, they took the stand out, and the girl was spinning and changing clothes. Ah. So, But while I'm shooting it, everyone's standing there staring at me, and I'm like... Yeah. dancing Jesus. with just like a, a metal pole. They're like, how you feel, Phil? You're yeah. like, I feel like an asshole. How so, do you think I feel? <laughs> you never know what you do in the industry. Like, you do the weirdest stuff, and then you do some normal stuff, and you just gotta, you gotta embrace the cheese, as yes. we say. Like, just... Well, there's... Listen, I'm gonna tell you something about white boy dancing, okay? <laughs> there's... <laughs> there's nothing in the world than watching a white guy just not do shit halfway when it comes to something that oh, he, no. he may or may not be good at. You've ever seen Chris Ships in a fucking club? All right, you're, 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 you're I love Chris Ships. Um, I'm telling you, there's nothing more entertaining than watching a white boy dancing. It is awesome because it's not done halfway and every, everybody's is looking at him like okay yeah it's so it was like it, it was like this flashback of um if you ever saw charlie's angels when um cameron diaz was dancing a baby got back oh yeah and everyone's looking at her but but she ain't do it how she ain't phone it in no and then everybody's like okay, okay. <laughs> a little in the middle but little in the middle but she got much back <laughs> yeah that's cool, man. So, wow, just a really, really cool uh, um, array of people that you've encountered in your life, doing some photos, doing yeah. some modeling. You know, of course, it's, uh, uh, again, right place, right time when it comes to Central Park Volleyball. We don't, yeah. I mean, you and I can come, most of the time I'm telling the story for someone, we could tell, if this is an episode or next episode, if you ever come back, um, an episode we, we could tell together, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, for those of you at home, say dude, this is a guy who's always mentioned East and West Coast. He's from Ghana, West Africa. Guy played for Cal Baptist. His cousin Shamzu, a bigger version of him, harder, you know, hits hits hard, reaches high, but doesn't have Seydoux's skill set. Um, first time I met Seydoux, he was, um, Seydoux was there from the transition mm-hmm. from the hard top fours to when everyone just said, fuck this, fuck this landing shit yeah. <laughs> on the concrete stuff. I'm going to the beach. So first time I met Seydoux was Azu. You know, spends a lot of time in Florida and now in Texas. Um, Kofi. I love Kofi, model. man. Kofi's 
He's the ambassador of the of the, of the world. Yeah. He's he's the Roger Federer of our sport. Cause Super nice No matter guy. where he goes, they'll cheer for him. Yeah. So it's Kofi, Azu, him, and this guy named Bawa, who's mm-hmm. Sedu's cousin, who was a cab driver. Sedu was staying at his house in New York fours, right? Those Basically, they just throw double hits in the air, four in the middle, four ball in the middle. Sedu just housed us, right? And every time they won, they did this ridiculous dance that they learned in Ghana where they go back and forth. So so it's like everyone walking by, oh, it's cute. Oh, a bunch of Africans dancing. And I'm like, oh, okay. So they, they have an all. I mean, I thought it was in retrospect. Now I thought it was cool. But looking back, I'm like, these motherfuckers are having, they're doing this shit at my expense. You know what I'm saying? I'm a proud player. You yeah. know, I mean, yeah, you know, I'm not going to get into the indoor resume. So then Patrick Dietz comes out of nowhere girlfriend just dumped him jay let's play some fucking volleyball right so he comes out flaco my boy eugene um who you, you know you know probably know because he's in central park a lot we come out and we just i just have me and three other talented players and against him who's carrying his three friends mm-hmm. just housed him just wiped the floor with him and then they had the song shake your ass you know shake your ass well someone was playing yeah. the radio so when the song was over i went <laughs> <laughs> you know, we did this. Me, Eugene was like that. And we did a dance. And then I was like, hey, good game. He says, I'm not shaking your hand. Yeah. I was like, you're not shaking my hand. No. I said, I right, fuck you then. He's just like, like, yeah. some, you know, you're from New York. You, yeah. hear, you, you hear people say that all the time. It's like, hey, hey how you doing? They don't say, no, all right, fuck you then. Mm-hmm. You know, he just got so upset. And it, I mean, it was just, it almost came to, you know, screaming. And then at the end of the day, what happened was him, Kofi, and me and Eugene, we played each other one last time. And the four of us are at the net. And then Eugene and Kofi just break the mold. And then me and Seydu break the mold. And then we just start talking. And we became chill. You ended up playing indoor with me for yeah. one of my club teams, Evolution. So, um, uh, adult club team. So, that was really cool because I never seen, I never had a day where you, where you, where someone you just despise. And at the end of the day, you, you, there's this respect and then there's this love. Because yeah. his love, he's he's a man child. We all know that, but he, he has this virtue. And the reason why I brought it up because we were talking about virtue, like good human beings oh, yeah. that talk to the homeless person and the billionaire the same way. Say, who's that person? Yeah, say, who's that person? So I thought I, I don't even know why I'm, I'm on a podcast and nobody know or care about the guy. But since we're talking about people, you know, who have that virtue, had to plug him. Yeah. Had to plug him. All right, so. Shit, we were supposed to do a sports section on this. Um, Whoops. Actually, I wanted to just have a little fun. And this is supposed to be a sports question for Tuesday. Man, man, Rob doesn't know it yet, but we're doing a sports show. (laughs) Rob, if you're out there listening, you're the last one to know, but you're fucking doing it with me. Um, So, um, no, because the podcast is supposed to have four parts, but since sports is such a thing, we can indulge in a whole hour on. We'll do it as as its own section. For sure. Get like first take style or like uh, undisputed style yeah, yeah, yeah dished out debate questions yeah you come in as a revolving guest if you want fucking I'll moderate but um here's the question are divas worth the trouble now um it's a very very loaded question as it is general so let mm-hmm. me tweak it a little bit okay let's use um Antonio Brown for an example for football let's use I'll just say Carmelo Anthony uh, not, not maybe not now, but when he was kind of a diva, just wanted the ball all the time, and you know he he struck a lot of people like he lost, but at least oh, at least I got my thirty five points, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the question is, are divas worth the trouble? Uh, I'm gonna say yes, and because 
I mean, strip sports back down to why we all play any sport. You know, we're all competitors. And if you if you dumb the game down to where everyone has to fit inside this box and be cordial and, and can't have their own personality and can't express themselves and can't, you know, fly off the handle and, and, and show aggression and passion, what's the point of playing? Agreed. You know, like, I play volleyball because I love it. And that's the main reason I play. The day I stop loving it, it's probably the day I'll stop playing. Yeah. Which I don't think will be ever. Um, same way with any professional athlete, you know, go back to the kid they were in the schoolyard. You know, there's an old saying that you play for that kid, you know, all the money you make and all the fame and all the whatever. Why do you really play this sport? You know, if you start taking the, the divas that are in the game that cause a scene or, or you know, make a ruckus, it, it could be for it could be a political stunt where they're just you know, want to get the followers up or want to get in the media or, you know, they say there's no such thing as bad PR, you know, so they're talking about them. Right. You know, but Mm -hmm. we need that. As bad as some of it is and it gets out of hand, Mm -hmm. the sport needs that edge. Yeah. You know, if you you dumb it down, it just gets boring. Yeah. Um, You know, the level of it needs to be controlled in some sense and when it goes outside of, you know, ridiculous. Yeah. um, well, we we got we think of three three different athletes right now. Yeah, yeah. Like for me, I I was thinking football and basketball, or maybe like a big th- some from the big three sport. But when you started talking about that, uh, Conor McGregor, uh, UFC star, is the first one that came up. Yeah, and he's good for the sport in the sense that rising tides lift all ships. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like he got an int- he got an interest where people see they like his flam- flamboyantness and they like his his um, confidence and they're interested in seeing him fight. There's also a demographic of people that are like, oh my god, this dude's a d hole, and I will pay pay per view money to watch someone beat him down. Yeah, you know. Um, and for the entertainment aspect, divas are definitely worth it. Um, but talking about Connor, um, there's a there's a flip side to that, like. If people want to see him get his behind beat, and if he knows that, he knows that him doing that does that, right? Yeah. And if he does get beat up, don't play the fucking victim. Yeah. <laughs> the thing, the part, I, the, the worst part I have, uh, I hate about divas is the whole victim thing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, um, like George Masvidal said, um, he's a USC fighter. It's okay if you want to, you know, talk about people's religion, people's family, and all that stuff. You know that that's okay. But every now and then, you run into a bad motherfucker that doesn't play that. Yeah. You know, um, like Khabib, you know, Khabib absolutely mauled him, you know, um, and then after the match, just more residue, which I'm not going to get into. Um, look at Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown, he's by far the most talented wide receiver I've seen since Randy Moss. You know, Randy Moss, Jerry Rice, he's in that big three. Like, no matter what he does, yeah. you know, if, he, if, he, if he's accused of shooting a kid, as long as he's not guilty, he's playing for me. <laughs> um, he, was, he turned out for, to pay tickets for people to pay money to see him yes to win a championship yes um for someone that that can hurt a team at the same time there's a, that's another yes yeah think about pittsburgh like this dude is sitting there facebook living 
Tomlin talking about staying off, staying off of social media. <laughs> He's having a team meeting about the importance of staying off of social media and not giving people ammunition. And he's and, Facebook you know, live. He's yeah. Facebook living. Him talking about, you know, he goes, yeah. he goes to Oakland, wants to play with his helmet, this and that, and he only really has to wait six hours, keep his mouth shut for six hours to get the guaranteed money, and then he could have been gone, and he couldn't keep his mouth shut for six hours and kissed like. Tens of millions of dollars goodbye. You know, goes to the Patriots, um, says sorry. They don't accept his apology. And next tweet is "fuck you." You know, you're you're you know you're yeah. not you're not Ash. So so it's one of those things where I'm like, oh my goodness. Uh, um, I guess the answer is yes. Says yes, I know. They are. They're, yeah. You, you like them when they're making your money, and you, and when they don't, they, they don't. You don't. <laughs> you know. Yeah. You know, Jorge Martinez. Jorge. Stephen Rochitz. All right, cool, man. Yeah, I just thought that was an interesting question. Like Carmelo Anthony, I'm I'm a lifetime Knicks fan. Okay. And anybody that tells you, the Amari Stoudemire at that time, before they got Carmelo, Amari Stoudemire was putting up 30 a game, 29 a game. And he had this workman-like, this blue-collar mentality. And, and New Yorkers love that. Someone that rebounds, someone that plays defense. Yeah. Because uh, we used to get free pizza if you held um, teams under 85 points. This is when Mason, Ewing, and those guys played. Um, and he felt like that Knicks of old, and then boom, all of a sudden this trade got rid of Felton when he was young, Gallinari in his prime, just to get this guy who's a pure scorer. And any New Yorker that told you they were glad to have Carmelo because they thought he was going to bring us a ring is lying. Lying through their little devil ass. Nobody in, in their heart of hearts, if you, if you put them in a chair and waterboarded their ass to make them tell the truth, honestly thought bringing in Carmelo was going to bring us a ring. No. He was a scorer. He was a native New Yorker. He's from Brooklyn. Yeah. Uh, um, you know, the Brooklyn, Queens area. And it was one of those things where I'm like, okay, all right. Maybe uh, maybe the Nets. <laughs> you know, maybe the Nets. I mean, the Knicks now, we're not even going to talk about because we're, we're, you know, I promise you an hour. We can go. Yeah, we yeah. can go. Um, <laughs> we can go. We can go all day on James Dolan and 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 like Stephen A. Smith. Smith he, he said there was a steakhouse or a White Castle he liked to go to next to Madison Square Garden. Mm-hmm. And he said, I don't go anymore because I think the Knicks might contaminate the meat. <laughs> you know, he was, just, <laughs> he was just one of those guys that was just... Um, you know, they promise, they promise you things every year, and they bring in players, and then the players they bring in, you're like, okay, I was looking for this guy, but that guy's okay, and then okay. Is, uh, and, and, and you watch their games, and I'm like, are they playing for the number one draft pick again? Because we as athletes, we wonder yeah, you want to taking like, their foot off the gas pedal. What the back end of all that looks like. Because, I mean, I'm a huge, I was a huge, um, in professional sports, I follow more players than I do teams. Right. And I loved Ray Allen was like, uh, like my, my favorite. And then that dude's a rough rider, though. He's a dog. Yeah, but a true talent. I mean, just you can't ignore the talent. And then when when the Celtics put all them together and everyone took like a backseat role and just said, look, this is what I'm going to do. This is my job. And then everyone had their jobs and Rondo and just everybody came together and played. Doc Rivers. Yeah. I mean, Doc Rivers is a great coach, but he put all those pieces together and made everything work. And that's what you need at the next level. I mean, look at LeBron James. Like, no matter how much he goes out and does all this cool stuff and scores 50 points a game, if they don't have pieces to facilitate, you're not going to win a championship. And he's proven that with all the years he was in Ohio. His, his whole career. His right? whole career, basically. From Cleveland to Miami back to Cleveland. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, I think that if the players 
that are at that level need to recognize that and say, look, like, what do we really want here? Do we want to win a championship or, you know, do I want to get my followers up or do I want to get paid? I, I agree. You know, because at the yeah. end of the day, what matters? I think the How thing many I rings liked, you got? But the thing I liked about LeBron James is he showed you that people forcing you to make that choice was a false dichotomy. Who says it has to be one or the other? They could be both if you do it right. Just like you said with the Celtics. Mm-hmm. You got Garnett, you got Pierce, you have all these strong personalities. You have you have the strong personality management coach. Yeah. Doc Rivers, possibly one of the top, one of the best, uh, certainly best five. Um, and the thing I liked about LeBron is no matter what team he's with, that dude plays yeah. like he doesn't have a contract. Yeah, that dude plays like he's playing for a contract. I love LeBron, and he, I'm, and I'm, I'm a Jordan guy over LeBron, whatever. But I love LeBron for two reasons. One, he plays like. Um, there's some people that get the contract and they're like, all right, I got my money, and you don't. They don't look the same. He plays like the person that didn't get his contract. That's one and yeah. two, the, uh, the the entrepreneurship and him being an ambassador off the court by far supersedes anyone that's ever played in the NBA. The oh, guy can absolutely. run for president and win because of that. Yeah. Married his high school sweetheart, did everything right. You know what I'm saying? Got a pile of money when he was a teenager. Uh, I, I guess got with the right people. The man, yeah. the man, did, the man did everything right. And I mean, I, I've been one of his biggest haters, but only. Haters of people that just made the leap that he's better than Jordan too early, you know. Yeah. For me, maybe he's closer now, <laughs> you know, uh, or maybe when his career is over, uh, um, you know, because it's yeah, it's we could get into a Brady. huge debate about Jordan versus LeBron because I'm yeah. a huge Jordan fan, it's and him. I think that you just go back and watch the tape when yeah. Jordan plays, it's a different league, yeah. It's, well, I'm with you. I mean, I'm nowadays you. you touch a guy and foul, yep. Back Touched. then, you got pictures of guys raping Jordan, yeah. hanging on his arm, and no, oh no, that's no foul. That's just a good ball. The flagrant you know? foul yeah. was introduced because of teams like Detroit and New York that played against him. Yeah. The flagrant foul, for people watching basketball, you you fans out there, the flagrant foul was only introduced after 1990-91. Yeah. And that's because... And you had to like, like hit a guy. Bill you had to like Lamb swing Bill. and hit a guy to get a flagrant foul. Yeah. Now, you push too hard... And you're getting flagrant. Like yeah. it's it's just. And then then they decide if you stay in the game or get. It's just a out. different game. Yeah. You know, it's a completely different game. And I think that if Jordan was playing in today's mm-hmm. game, Jordan's one of the smartest players ever played the game. Agreed. Like he would, he would be outperforming, you know, LeBron. Yeah. It's maybe his, not physically. No, but. but it's his whole career, though, right? Yeah. He's found ways. Even when he got older, he found ways to reinvent his game, reinvented his jump shot, something he didn't have at yeah. the beginning of his career, and still produced um, like, like-minded um, stats for every year that seemed consistent from the board. Um, six rings. I don't, I don't pay attention to the six rings as much as I pay attention to the six finals MVPs. Yeah. You know, because you could just go about rings. Robert Horry has seven. But, but no, Robert Horry is not the reason why they won all seven. Jordan, um, um, the best player in, in the history of the in, of the NBA or, or even the ABA, um, definitely hands down. And the reason why I was such a hater and I had to mature myself was because LeBron didn't do anything to to to, to earn my wrath. Just that you know the 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 don't hate the player. Yeah. <laughs> you know the the game inspired me to to combat him and examine him and be more c- critical. And I you know I and mean, that's totally reversed because now I just understand. Not hating the player and not hate and 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 hating the game, you yeah. know. I um. Well, speaking of the game, man, I hope whoever you choose, I hope whoever you choose, man, I hope you you take that next level to the draw, and then then you'll be pissed off about losing 
two and out, and then you'll, you'll evolve and you'll get better and you'll be pissed off not making it to the second day. And then you get pissed off the second day, you're just, you're not making it to the final eight. Just um, stay patient because it's not, as you know, it's not a revolution, it's an evolution. Yeah. Um, you're a better version of yourself. As I said in the beginning of this podcast, you look younger, you look healthier, you look happier, you're, you're training the right way. You, you definitely have people surrounding you, particularly your significant other that, um, that makes it a way of life where I, I suspect you're not thinking about it. You're just, you're just doing it. You're being it. You yeah, know? yeah. At some point, once a week, I just I um I'm thinking about playing in Huntington. Like um I'm gonna talk to Kevin and Greg Faulkner and said he's down. You know, so I already have good blockers. Yeah. Just about I saw the doctor today. Yesterday, doctor says everything's fine. My knee, you know, I have a little um, arthritis there, but that's so that's okay. Yeah. So at some point, man, just I want to get on the set schedule. Maybe join you guys in one of those groups. Yeah. Know, for that, because coaching's like being married. You get to sleep together, but you can't get none. You know, it's just um. So I, I'm, I'm around. <laughs> yeah, I'm around. Wow, wrap that one. Up. Yeah, so I'm around volleyball. You need one of those. Yeah. Little... <laughs> so I'm around volleyball all the time. Miranda knows. Like Miranda's like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, because she had a concussion for a while and she she found herself watching a lot, and and right, that kind of sucks for a little while, didn't it? Yeah, just you get sucked into a place that you don't want to be mentally but yeah me came out the other end better than when i went in no no doubt no doubt and hey we all came out of on the other end of this pretty well so far at some point i knew this is going to be more more than an hour at some point i'm aiming for two this is by this is our longest one so far so we're on episode 17 there we go ladies and gentlemen i got phil burrow my first podcast yeah man this is Whoa. awesome hey more to come man i need if because if i'm gonna do a sports debate show i need revolving guests yeah yeah and those those are the ones i can moderate you know mm-hmm. um and i have a split screen on my video switcher and this and that look at all the people that came in all of our contemporaries look at that jaron i knew jaron would come josh jemrog a lot of people from sob south of the border vacations who um, yeah finance like a lot of these celebrity um clinics that's how I met John Mayer. Oh, no way. Yeah, I met John. Um, uh, play against the pros. I was a killer indoor player. We both have this wicked wrist away. We're both lefties. Mm-hmm. Um, I got embarrassed, of course, but there was, a, there was a play where he bounced the ball in front of me, and the next play I bounced one in front of him. The way it like, bounces off the sand a certain way, and then from then on, he's like, okay. I played John Mayer yeah. in my first ever pro tournament, Jose Cuervo. No. Um, <laughs> Who did he play with? Um, he played with Billy Allen. No, um, Keenan. Yeah, Keenan and Keenan. I aced both of them with a sky ball. Nice. Yeah, and after the match, he's like, "Everyone from Florida's got a sky ball." Sun Devil. Yeah, yeah. they whooped us. I mean, yeah. this embarrassed us. But good for Keenan. He's um head yeah. coach of um Arizona State now. Yep. Sun Devil. Bill Kalinske was with us. Hey, what's up, Bill? Nice, Garrett Kelly. Yeah, and Andrew Dentler. All of our contemporaries, Steve Roschitz, who you want to talk about someone <laughs> appreciating his conditioning and his evolution and what he's become. Um, Steven, mm-hmm. shits. yeah, yeah, very, very good. Troy Field, what's up? All right, hey, so sorry, man. I just that no was the longest goodbye I've ever had. It's so, good. guys, so um, again, this the uh, episode is going to be available on Spotify and iTunes, and later on on YouTube. Um, just the live set, the, the video set, the audio is a lot of fun. Make sure you subscribe. Tell a tell your mother, tell your father, send a telegram. So when I get it out there as much as I can, because Google's not helping me worth anything so for Miranda Gagne my super tech and for 
my man, Phil Burrow. I'm Jason DeBeas, and for all of you, I say, we're out. Love all of you.